Today's episode of the Creative Sheet Podcast is brought to you by Renewed Vision, the creators of ProPresenter. For over 17 years, ProPresenter has been used by churches all over the world for lyric and scripture presentations, audio and video playback, environmental projection, and a lot more, Jared. You know, Roman, I would say that ProPresenter is the creme de la creme. It is the creme de la creme. If you're looking for something to uh, play video slides, uh, audio files, it's it's really versatile. You can probably use it for things that I don't even know you can use You can use throw those lyrics up on the screen for those for those amazing worship sets that you're doing through ProPresenter. If you're playing a game in a kid's classroom, you can use these, you can like do, make a game board, you can use props. It's can, incredible. It's it's uh, really amazing. Um, ProPresenter is used by over 95% of outreach magazines, 100 largest, fastest growing, and most influential churches. It's available on both Mac and Windows, so it's very versatile. Uh, very versatile. So head over to RenewedVision.com and check it out. Today's episode is brought to you by Kindred.com. Kindred.com partners with local churches everywhere to make smart giving a possibility with a simple tap, click, or text. It's a beautifully simple concept. Yeah, I love the ability to give with my phone because it allows me to be generous even when I don't have cash or checks on me because, let's be honest, I never have cash or checks on me. With Kindred.com, it takes that element completely out of the equation and it unlocks the generosity in your people by making it as convenient as possible to give. Here's how it works. If you want to give by text, you simply send a text and the first time they reply with a secure link to register. After that first time, all you have to do is text the amount you want to give and you'll receive a confirmation. Kindred.com also allows you to embed a smart giving button on any page of your website and you can set up scheduled gifts to occur weekly, bi-weekly, or on a monthly basis. So it's really user-friendly for the people in your church and it also works on the back end as well. With their powerful tracking system and fast end-of-day transfers, Kindred works hard to make it just as easy on churches as it is for their givers. To find out more about how Kindred can help you and your church, visit kindred.com and unlock generosity in your church. For our listeners only, enter the code SHEEP at checkout for your first month free. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another amazing episode of the Leadership Podcast, the podcast where we talk to people who are good at what they do to inspire leaders to get better. And of course, this this show is always brought to you by creativesheep.org. You can head over there for custom and pre-made media. And right now, folks, you can pick up free any of our pre-made resources right now. In exchange for your email address, you can get any of them. That's over at creativesheep.org. And sitting across the computer screen from me right now, 1,500 miles away in a separate studio, is the one and only Roman Johnson. It's great to be here. Uh, I, I thank you for that introduction, and I don't believe you introduced yourself, so I will do I will do that. And sitting across from me, the computer screen, on the across from me through the ethernet, uh, thousands of miles away, it is the one and the only Jared Hogue. I didn't even realize I didn't introduce myself, but thank you, Roman, for, for, for introducing Anytime. me. I really appreciate that. You know, Roman, this is episode 48. 48. Yeah, it is. Episode 50 is coming quick. Don't you think I know? Don't you think I know? <laughs> for- Folks, we promised for episode 50 that we would record uh, a, a rap intro on that sick beat that plays at the beginning of this the show. It's going to happen. The Creative Sheep Anthem. It's going to happen. And so Roman's been working on it. That's coming in just two weeks. Oh, man. Just two weeks. Coming up hot. Uh, you're, it is coming up real hot. Uh, we're going to have that ready for you on episode 50. But this is episode 48. We've got Joe Single back on the podcast. This is his second time joining us. The sophomore. First time to... The sophomore, the first time talking about his book, I Was Broke, Now I'm Not, that helped my wife and I. And I, I told Joe when I interviewed him, I interviewed him in 2016, because uh, we record oftentimes our interviews in advance, that I would be debt-free by the end of 2016. And Roman? Yes, Jared? Guess what? Uh, I, I think of, I already know what you're going to say, but uh, what? You do. Uh, because of Joe's help, we have paid off all credit cards, all of our cars, and all of our debt. That is up so until this point. awesome. I think if you're on the other side of uh, listening to this, you should give uh, give Jared and, and his wife Ashley a round of applause. Well, I, I'm not look. Oh, thank you, Robin. Thank you. I'm not looking for those applause. Uh, but what I, I I say that just to say that Joe's stuff works. It does. Uh, his book, I Was Broke, Now I'm Not, has been a huge help to my wife and I, uh, not to mention the fact that he's got a ton of free resources that go along with it. We've used his budgeting tools that have been insanely helpful for us. And so I highly recommend all of that over at IWasBrokeNowImNot.com. But Joe also owns a couple of other companies. He owns a company called Enjoy, Enjoy Stewardship Solutions, which he actually purchased from John Maxwell, Heard the of him. John Maxwell. Heard of him. Uh, 
And he has recently started a company called Fully Funded. Um, and you can check it out. It's at fullyfunded.cc. And this is a, a, an organization designed to help churches increase giving and help their, their, uh, their members uh, do better with their finances and, and steward the, the finances that God has given them better. And so they've got this incredible program to get put together. And that's what Joe and I are actually talking about on today's interview. Uh, But before we get to that, I got to tell you, folks, make sure you check out the show notes over at creativesheep.org. And the reason why in particular today is we've got some links available for you. Joe made some some resources they have available free to you guys, our listeners, uh, if you just go to our show notes. He's going to give you some some documents for free, a budget worksheet for your church, a finance team job description, reimbursement request forms, first-time giver form letter, as well as a purchase order. All of this is free. That sounds you like, a, that sounds like a ton of value. Uh, here's how you get to that. In case you're wondering, you go to creativesheep.org and you click on the podcast button uh, and it's going to yeah. take you right there to the show notes. That's absolutely right. You can also uh, check out the program they have available for sale. You can schedule a free consulting call uh, with them. Go check that out at creativesheep.org. Click on the podcast button and you'll find Joe's interview there where you can find the links to all of this. So Roman, I think without further ado, I, in the words of Joe Sangle, I am fired up about this interview. Yeah, me too. I think too. we should just get to, the, get to the conversation. Man, Joe, thanks so much for coming back on the show today. Hey, it's an honor. So excited always to talk with you. Yeah, I feel like I have to ask it. How are you doing today? I am fired up. (laughs) Is that the right answer? You better believe it. You better believe it. Folks, before the (laughs) interview even started, Joe asked me, the first thing he asked me was, are you fired up today? (laughs) I just, I love it. If you follow (laughs) Joe on social media, he's always fired up. He is always fired up. In fact, Joe, you were telling me right beforehand, like, you were you came out of the womb basically this way. Like you you are just a wiry individual. My poor mother and father and all of my siblings have had to deal with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, hey, let's get right to it. it. Just I know you've been on the show before, and we were talking more personal finances the last time you were here. Your incredible book, "I Was Broke, Now I'm Not." Um, uh, it's been insanely helpful to my wife and I. In fact, I, I feel like I should tell you, we are almost debt-free. In fact, we are, we, it looks as though we, if everything goes according to plan, we will be debt-free in 2016. So, and that is, congratulations. Um, That's incredible. That, thank you. It's thanks to your book. It's yes. thanks to the free resources that we still use your budget tool. Um, every single, in fact, I was doing our finances this morning and I was using, uh, your, one of your free resources um, and folks, you should go check those out if you haven't. I was broke now I'm not dot com. Tons of free resources to help you with your personal finances. Um, so Joe, give us just kind of the nutshell version. You you went through an incredible transformation financially with you and your family. Um, and you've helped tons of other people, including myself, in that realm, um, which isn't the main topic of our conversation today, but we're, I, I do want to touch on this real quick because I feel like this really positions you as like, you know what you're talking about here. Yeah, I've, I've been that person that was broke and had an average bank balance of $4.13 in my bank account. And it wasn't for lack of income. It was for lack of know-how and the managing and stewarding and shepherding of it. And so as a result, uh, I started reading God's Word. And it turns out that if you read it and then apply it, uh, it just goes better. And that it applies to your finances as well. And my wife and I were able to pay off all of our debt except for our house. Uh, in 14 months and paid off our house at age 38 and were able to really go into full-time ministry helping other people uh, experience the same type of freedom that we have felt. And that just really set off a journey for us to where we created an organization named I Was Broke, Now I'm Not, uh, where we travel to churches all over the world, helping them win with their money, helping people within those churches become consistent and generous givers. Man, that's amazing. It's been amazing. No kidding. No kidding. And I, I have not had the pleasure of seeing you live, but your book has helped me and my wife immensely in our finances. And 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 not only that, though, with this journey you've been on, um, not only did you pay off the debt, you paid off your house. It actually freed you and your wife, if I'm not mistaken, just personally to do some things that you had wanted to do. If I'm not mistaken, you were able to get some hunting land. Is that right? That you'd always wanted? Yes, sir. And a deer, uh, a deer got put on the on the freezer uh, yesterday. As a matter of fact, <laughs> on that very land that we were able to get, so that's fantastic. 
and we've been able to uh, purchase Enjoy Stewardship Solutions, the organization that helps churches raise capital for new buildings, buying land, killing debt, or upfitting facilities. Uh, we were able to buy that over in 2011. Uh, and it's just been amazing to see what happens when you get margin in your life. Yeah, It really allows you to pursue the mission that God has before you. That's incredible. That is incredible. Um, so, and you've, you've recently started a new venture, which, uh, I, I really want to dive into today. Um, and, and folks, if you want to go check this out, of course, we'll talk about it more. We'll have it in the show notes, uh, as the conversation goes on here, uh, but it's, uh, it's a website called fullyfunded.cc. Uh, that's fullyfunded.cc. And, uh, b- before we really delve into what that website is, there's a term I came across that, that I, I would like for you to explain real quick here. Um, that when it comes to the church, what does the term financial leadership, what, what does that mean? Well, financial leadership, it, well, it, it's a very important component of, of a church is that if a church uh, has strong financial leadership, then they will be able to fund the vision, the mission that God has before them. They'll be able to impact their community in such a way that if that church ceased to exist, people would be very sorrowful that it ceased to exist. But what we found is that many churches do not have strong financial leadership, that many pastors have very strong credentials. They've went to seminary. They've got uh, master's degrees. They've got doctorate degrees in, in ministry, but they do not have strong financial acumen. And as a result, they have weak financial leadership, and they do not communicate effectively with financial leaders within their church, with business leaders and community leaders. Uh, and as a result, the church actually struggles to be funded. Uh, and it really is an inhibitor to being able to fund growth and to be able to have the funds to really bless the least of these. Financial leadership uh, is absolutely critical in addition to that academic and scholarly uh, leadership. Do you, do you think that is exclusive to the church, or is this something that is not properly being taught just to people in general? Well, I think it, it, it for organizational, for, from an organizational standpoint, when you think of organization, mm. both for-profit and non-profit, it's very unique to non-profit organizations, mm. in particular the church. If you think of business organizations, they do not lack for financial leadership because they would cease to exist. Right. And But when we look at churches, a lot of leaders not only do not know, but they run away from knowing strong financial leadership principles. But it's so important because in Jesus's 38 parables in, in the New Testament, the Gospels there, 17 of those 38, nearly half, he talked about money or possessions. And one out of six verses there in the Gospels talks about yeah. money or possession. And it's so important as a leader, one of the things that I've seen is that the people within the church, the business leaders, the, uh, the people that really have that gift of giving, they've built net worth, they can really fund vision. They are some of the loneliest people on the planet. Mm. Um, because they do not lack for people pursuing them for their dollars. <laughs> but what they really need is someone to pursue them for their soul and help them grow spiritually and really help them develop as an overall leader. And, and if they do that, if leaders do that within the church, and they can speak some of the language that those leaders are dealing with on a daily basis, mm. then they will see that that person will route those gifts towards that ministry. Man, that's good. <laughs> that's really, really good. Uh, why, why is it, it seems to me that some churches, are, they're, they're afraid to ask people to give. They're afraid to go for, for the clothes, so to speak, and they, they want to set it up and, well, we'll give you an opportunity to give. Why, why do you think it is, Joe, that, that churches are afraid to ask people to give? Uh, well, it's, it's a multitude of reasons. Uh, but Let's land on a couple of them. One of them is that churches are very well aware that there have been many people uh, through different televangelists and uh, otherwise where people have misused money as it relates to the advancement of the gospel. And for people that have wounding in that area, 
they become very leery of speaking on the topic because they do not want to be like one of those people is things that they will say. And so that causes them to be very docile uh, and very meek when it comes to talking about the topic of money. And I understand that. But I also know that Jesus said that you cannot serve both God and money. And he also affirmed that we should give. And he says that wherever our treasure is, there our heart will be also. And so it's very important for leaders to speak on the topic. Uh, The other reason is it's when pastors and leaders are speaking about money and they they are not confident in what it is that people are giving to, that they are the vision is creeped or their vision is wandering, or maybe even they're in that that very frustrating place that I think any leader has been, which is that place where you don't know the next step of the vision. And when you don't know where those dollars are going to be pointed to, it causes us to be weak when it comes to asking people to give to it, because we're like, we don't even know, God, what that next step you have for our church. And so for leaders that are in that place, I would challenge them, you know, really to go through a vision clarification process so that they understand clearly those next steps God has for them so that then God will embed a passion in that part of that leader once that vision is clear. They will not have a problem asking people to give. That's really good. Um, and, I mean, it's it's very clear in Scripture that my people perish for a lack of vision and that when when there's not a vision that's clearly presented, I mean, Habakkuk 2, two, write the vision and make it plain. So, and you talk about the, this vision clarification process. Um, do you have any recommendations or, or tips or resources uh, to point people to, to clarify the vision? Is this something covered in fully funded? Absolutely. It's a part of fully funded. It's also a part of any capital campaign that enjoys stewardship solutions leads because if, if you don't have a clear vision, then we know that giving will be greatly reduced. Mm. And so we have we have a defined process that we take churches through to help clarify that vision so that and we always use Habakkuk 2 too, as you mentioned, I love that, mm. that write the vision and make it plain upon tablets, uh, that a herald may run with it. And if you think about it, a herald was a messenger and they're gonna run with it, which means it has to be uh short. And mm. so we like to say the three C's about vision. So Leaders, if you're listening right now, you might want to write down these three C's. And the three C's are, it needs to be crisp, it needs to be, so to the point, it needs to be clear, what are we talking about, and it needs to be compelling. So that when you share that vision, do people lean in, do they get on the end of their seat? And if you have those three C's, if you look at the vision God has given you, and you can say that is crisp, it is clear, and it's compelling, well, then you're well on your way to talking about money in an authority. Uh, in a position of authority. Man, that's good. Those three C's, folks, make sure to write those down. That's a big deal right there. So when it comes to, uh, we were just talking a moment ago about uh, people being timid or there's some trepidation in talking about giving. Um, And you talked about, you gave a clear action step right there of making the vision plain, giving the three C's. What are some other things we can do? And even because one of the other reasons you gave is why we're a little bit fearful is we don't want to be that guy. We don't want to be the person that uh, they they took all this money and then they abused their power and, and misused the money. Um, how do we get over these things? How do we move past uh, th- those feelings? Because I, I personally feel like if we're if we're fearful in talking about money, not only are we doing our church a disservice, we're actually doing our people a disservice because the Bible's very, very clear. That's right. The Bible is very, very clear about when you give what God does in return for you. Um, I mean, the giving is one of the only things that God says in scripture, test me in this. And so I, I, I'm, I feel very passionately that if we're not going to talk about money, we're actually not only doing our church to disservice, but also our people. I read an article too by Greg Laurie that there's, there's more scriptures in the Bible about prayer, there's, or, or about money than there is about prayer or faith. Like, that's a big deal. God has a lot to say about money and resources. And so I, I feel very passionately, and I, I keep kind of reiterating here, but how do we move past uh, some of these obstacles that are keeping us from talking about money? Yeah, so I think one of the ways to do it, there's several different techniques that I would encourage. One is I would ask the pastor uh, to write down all that God has done in your ministry in the last year. 
and then uh, say, what was our budget to be able to accomplish that? Because, you know, ministry takes money. Mm. And then I would say, take, take that budget number and increase it by 25% and say, how much more of what God has done, how much more ministry to the least of these, how many more people can we reach? How many more staff members could we add to minister to the community? Could we do with that 25% more? And, and then look at that and say, okay, so if I cast vision for this to our church, then I can cast clearly that I'm not talking about just raising dollars. I'm talking about raising up people. I'm talking about life change. Mm. And I think that's the big mistake that a lot of leaders make is they talk only about the money instead of the resulting life change that will happen when people give, not only in the heart of the givers, but in the people that are impacted by those dollars that have been given. Uh, A second tip that I would give is I would challenge leaders to offer an annual report at the end of every year that they should take those that, that ministry that has been accomplished in the previous year and have an annual report meeting with the entire church and do it as a, as a moment of celebration of what the Lord has done, that through those who have given faithfully, look what the mm. Lord has done so that God gets the glory. And it, what that does is it affirms in the heart of the church and it affirms in the heart of the leaders that says God is in this. God is using us. We're fallible people, and we don't always do all the right things, and we we may not even always have the best of intentions, but through us, God has moved greatly. And it happened in part because people have chosen to support this ministry financially. And what annual reports do is it allows public exposure to what God has done. And it allows an environment for people to look back and say, you know what? God really is doing something marvelous here. And it it compels more people to be a part of that. Hopefully that helps. Man, that's so good. And I, I would even uh, tag on to the, the challenging the leaders to um, showing what that additional 25% could do. I mean, just put yourself in the shoes of the giver. Would you give if someone's just saying, hey, we need you to give? But when there's a vision attached to that and that what we're going to be able to do with this money, that's huge because now you're painting the picture for people to see what they're going to be able to be a part of. And then, Joe, I love what you were saying about the annual report, because this is the time to celebrate, because as church leaders, we live with this stuff every day. We see the life change that happens weekly, and it can be easy for us to not necessarily become numb to it, but it it just becomes what happens. And our, our, our church members, our attendees, our congregation, whatever you call them at your church, they don't see this stuff every day. And so keeping that in front of them so that they see what it is that they're a part of, Joe, that's huge. I mean, and what I love about this, so good. this is so simple. This is none of this yeah. is like earth shattering stuff. This is so simple. That's, that's what I loved about your book. I was broke. Now I'm not is that it's so simple and this stuff right here, it's so simple in the church too. It's one of the reasons why God birthed in my heart the vision to start fully funded, because I've been traveling and speaking at churches over 100 times a year since 2007. And as I go to these churches and I'm helping leaders uh, and I'm looking at their giving systems and how often they talk about money and preach about money and what are they doing to disciple people in this area of financial management, it's just amazing. Leaders constantly say what you just said, and that is, that is so simple. I know we can do it. But the problem is they don't have two key things that ensure it happens. Mm. They do not have a system for it. And systems, if you have a system, it makes sure things happen. But then you have to have an owner of that system. That leaders, the pastors, a lot of times feel like they should be the ones that should do this. And then they look up and realize, I already have 2,000 uh, responsibilities. Mm. I can't own this one. And I would tell leaders, uh, we call this a fully funded champion, and we help the pastor identify this person. It could be a volunteer. It could be a staff member as the church gets larger. But you must have somebody own giving system. Uh, Because if you don't, you'll constantly look back and say, you know what? We should do an annual report. Oh, wait, it's been three years since we've done that. (sighs) We should offer a giving study or a 
you know, like Financial Peace University that Dave Ramsey offers, or our I was broke, now I'm not steady. Oh, wait, it's been four years since we've offered that. But systems, make sure it becomes part of your DNA, ensures that you're constantly helping these new people coming into your church become givers, and it helps those who started testing God become consistently generous givers, but also helping them fund the individual dreams God's placed in their heart. So the system that you're talking about here, you're talking about just having someone to oversee to make sure these things happen. That's right. And what we, 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 we've realized is the system, it's really, if you look throughout the Bible, there's so many farming analogies. And it, as I looked at churches that are fully funded versus those that are not, I realized the gap was a system. And when you look at farmers, there's really a five-step process. And we've called it the grow-giving process. And that is, there's a period of time where farmers prepare. They, they think about what are we going to plant? When are we going to plan it? And in this, in the churches, this is, when are we going to talk about money? When are we going to offer discipleship studies about money? Um, when are we going to have special offerings? That's preparation. And then there's a time of planting. And it, farmers plant the corn. And if they want corn, they plant corn seeds. If they want beans, they plant soybeans. And in, in churches, planting seeds is the weekend messages. And it's, it's talking about money during the offering time. And then we move into this period of growing season that you have to have time for growth. And that's really discipleship. Then you have that special moment that all the leaders hear about, which is the time of harvest. That's when a lot of people start giving or it's a capital campaign or it's a special offering. Then the farmer takes time off and they call that rest. And we call that the grow giving process and teach leaders and this fully funded champion, this owner, how to execute that every single year, year after year, so that they're growing givers, they're having these harvests, and they, they have an order for those events. Does that make sense? Yes. So good. So good. Um, real quick, before we move on from that, I, I want to ask you, why is the rest season so important in this? I, I know you compared it to farming, but when it comes to your church and giving, why is the rest season so important? Well, from the farming analogy, if you constantly work the land, the land will stop producing. And we call that in churches, we call that giving fatigue or donor fatigue. Mm. And you, it's amazing how many churches, they will call the different offerings, special offerings. But when you start tallying them up, there's 15 of them every year. Mm. And so we have a statement that says, in the presence of many special offerings, None of them will be special. <laughs> and that is so true. So what we encourage leaders to do is to have one, maybe two special offerings in the year. And they should be very unique, unique to the DNA of your church, unique to what God's doing in your church. And if you do that, it's amazing how those offerings will really produce an abundant harvest and they will truly be special. But rest allows donors to recover. I mean, if we're asking people to give all the time, there comes a moment where they just say, I can't keep doing this. I need rest. Man, that's really, really good. Um, so before, before we jump into the next question here, I do want to ask you, because you made mention that uh, putting the system in place, giving it an owner, and then you went as far as to say that owner could be a volunteer. And I can, I can yeah. feel the air being sucked out of the room in some of the cars or as people are running on the treadmill or maybe mowing the yard right now listening to this. And the thought of giving a volunteer access to the finan finances or even an aspect of the financial uh, uh, capacity of the church could be a bit intimidating. Um, yes. What have you seen or what encouragement would you give to the leaders out there listening, thinking, I can't, I can't fathom giving this to a volunteer. I'm the one that has to do this. Yeah. I would tell them to stop being a control freak. <laughs> um, here, here's, here's, here's what I know, leader. If you want to go up, you got to give up. Oh, preach now. It, it, that's just a fact. You, you, if you want to go up, if you want to grow this church beyond a holy huddle, a small, small group, you've got to give that up. And let me tell you, the person exists in your church. They are not a regular volunteer. 
They are a high-capacity volunteer. They're gifted in the area of administration and finances and leadership. They're probably already on your stewardship committee or finance committee. And it, we actually have a job description uh, at Fully Funded of what that Fully Funded champion looks like. Wow. But let me tell you, leader, this is a person already in your church. God has already sent them to you. I have never seen a church of any size that does not have this person in their church. And leader, I'm not saying you have to give up all, all uh, authority, but what I am saying, you are delegating the administration. So you cast, as the, as the pastor, the vision, and then this leader, this high-capacity volunteer, carries that out for you. And what I, what I love, and this is why we've created Fully Funded this way, is we've hired staff to be a coach to that champion. So if, if a church were to sign up and be a part of Fully Funded, by the way, it's w- way cheaper. We made it accessible for any church to be a part of it. It um, really is. So we, hire, we have a coach to be able to mentor that champion. So when that champion has questions or they're saying, we're getting ready to have a money message series, they can call us and we will walk them through how to do that. And so leader, you can look at it as you're tying on kind of to a CFO plus a financial coach to help you grow your giving in your church. Man, it's such a big deal. I love that. Uh, if you want to go up, you got to give up. That's a big, big deal. And uh, I, I think I heard this. It, it's kind of a loose tie to what we're talking about here that Andy Stanley, the Andy Stanley at North Point Community Church, has a or had a volunteer running point on a on building a building, a 90,000 plus square foot facility, a volunteer was running point on that. If they can hand over something like that, I'm sure that you can hand over the, the, crea- the, the implementation and the follow-up of this system over to a volunteer. Uh, it can be done. And, and folks, go to fullyfunded.cc. Check this stuff out. It is affordable. I've seen the prices. It's crazy inexpensive for what you're going to see in return from this. Joe, let's keep going here. Um, how often should pastors teach on money? Is this like a, a once a year kind of thing? Is this a, a weekly offering talk? What what exactly should the teaching uh, on money schedule look like? Hey, I love that question. So first, <laughs> I've got to stop and every pastor, pay attention. I want you to lean in. Okay. When when that when, when the question was just asked, how often should a pastor preach on money? I want you to be honest with yourself. Did you automatically exchange the word giving for the word money? And and the reason I bring that up is because many leaders, when they hear preach on money, they think preach on giving. Mm. But it's very important to talk about the other 90% of money Mm. because people are dealing with debt. They're dealing with investing questions and challenges. They're dealing with the funding of their dreams that individually God has given to them. And so when we say money, we're talking about more than just giving. Yes, you should teach on giving. You should teach about all of money. And ideally, the answer to the question, Jared, is three to four times a year. And I'll rattle off some ideal times to teach about it. Uh, January and February, one of the top three New Year's resolutions is money. The ideal to talk about it. And then, uh, the month of May, people are getting ready to go out of rhythm with the summer. It's a good time to reaffirm giving, really, in the month of May. And then when people get back in rhythm after Labor Day, that second or third weekend of September, ideal. And then that first weekend or so of December, another ideal time it, to talk about money. It's the season of giving. It's the season of Thanksgiving. If you do that, leader, that will help you talk about money in a way that builds people up it encourages them in their journey. And let me tell you, you'll see giving go up as a result. And and if I'm not mistaken, you encourage not only to teach on, and actually, let me back up just a second. Um, with that, so teaching on money, uh, and I love how you how you clarified there. It's not just teaching on giving, it's teaching on money. And I love the, the other 90%. Yeah, we want to give the 10% the tithe and even a little bit above and beyond, you know, with the offering or maybe a lot of bit above and beyond with offerings. But the the other ninety percent. So so maybe just rattle off, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. But like, what would be some great teaching topics 
if we're going to teach on oh, this three, yeah. maybe four times a year, what would be some great teaching topics? Uh, just real practical here for a pastor to say, we're going this direction. Hey, and I love this. And just so pastors know, we actually have a brand new, completely written four week money message series every year released with fully funded. Come on somebody. And so let, let me rattle off some of these. So uh, one of them would be talk about debt and talk about how debt affects relationships. You can talk about Romans 13, eight Proverbs 22, seven. You could do a story on second Kings chapter four, verses one through seven. That's the widow's oil story whose husband has died. And now as creditor, he had debt coming to take his two sons as slaves. Another great message is to talk about the impact on money and relationships. So if you're doing a marriage series or a parenting series, focus one week on training up your child in the way they should go in the area of money, that this should not be a topic hidden from your children, that that would be doing them a great disservice. But share with them some of the great lessons you've learned. Share with them some of your challenges that you face when it comes to your marriage. Talk about how we should relate with money. And that God owns it all and that the best we can do all of our life is to not ever the rest of our life make another mistake. And one of the is the likelihood of that is zero. And so where we look at it and say that a strand of three cords is not easily broken and recognize that God is the owner and that we will pray about our financial decisions and instituting ways to manage money together in a way that lifts each other up and shows us as a team. Uh, because good partners complete each other. They do not compete with each other. So those are some good uh, starter topics to talk about. That's so good. And this and this stuff comes with, uh, is it the membership or the one-time purchase at Fully Funded? That's right. So it comes with the one-time purchase or membership. Wow. Uh, the first year you buy, it comes together. So membership and the Fully Funded product comes together. Nice. And after that year, it drops down just the membership. And you still have access to everything that you purchased, as well as that new money message series every year. We write, we custom write for offering prep talks, uh, giving scripts, we call them, uh, that are released every month to church leaders so that that offering time can be a special and unique time each, each week within the service. <laughs> I love that so much. I, if, folks, if you're listening, like... To me, the the cost of the of the course is worth it, just in the the, the curriculum, so to speak, that you're going to get uh, that comes with it. I mean, he, they're going to show you how to teach on money and give you a curriculum to teach. I can't understand why you wouldn't do this, um, Joe. Let, let's let's talk about this here. Um, what what if uh, what do you do rather when you have a great first time giver? They give just once. Uh, but they're not really becoming the recurring giver. What what, mm. what advice can you give here? Yeah, so, you know, one, there's, there's steps, right? Yeah. So we like to call this a ladder. So we like to move people uh, up this ladder. So it's from never given to first-time giver, then to consistent giver, then to consistently generous sacrificial giver. That's kind of the journey. Mm. And there's a specific process for each one. So to get new givers, well, then one way to do that is to offer giving challenges, like a 90-day giving challenge. That can be a great way to do that. Even better, do a 90-day online giving challenge. That way you can increase your digital giving that just happens regardless of the weather or whether or not they show up every weekend. Mm. And then uh, it'll also, if you have people that are giving for the first time, we should acknowledge that gift. So I encourage you to send a first-time giver letter so or a first-time-in-a-long-time giver letter. Uh, in fact, we've created first-time giver booklets uh, that we call uh, that what happens, you know, you know, your giving matters. And who it matters to. It matters to God. It matters to others. And it, it matters to your own life. And giving that to people and sending that to people, even as your church grows, it helps that first-time giver say, we notice, and your giving still makes a difference here. That really helps propel people to becoming consistent givers. Uh, but then moving people into small group studies about personal finances, where giving is a component of that teaching, and then offering outstanding online giving platform through your website and through an app 
that also helps people become consistent givers because if they set it up automatic, then you know it's going to be automatic recurring, and then you don't have to worry about them making that decision every single week, am I going to give or not? Man, that's such good advice. I love what you were talking about there, too, and I brought it, I'm glad you brought it back around, but like the small group study, would that be stuff like uh, the I was broke, now I'm not, or um, like the Financial Peace University, that kind of thing? Absolutely. It, it could be, you know, Dave Ramsey's study is fantastic. Uh, we think ours is pretty good as well. Uh, and one of the things that we know is that within some of these churches, particularly some of these fully funded champions that pastors will raise up, will actually write some homegrown stuff oh, wow. that goes along with a message series. And uh, that's something that can be very powerful. Here's what I would just challenge leaders to do is that there's a statement that we say all the time that I was broken out I'm not, which is money is a journey, not a moment. Mm. And so don't cap, don't couch money as a problem to be solved. All it will never be solved. As long as we live on planet earth, we will face one money challenge after another. Now it may be, listen, somebody might become wealthy, but now they have the challenge of, how do they manage that? They've never done that before. So just helping people understand this is a journey and that every so often we should lean in, go through God's word again, through focused studies, because that study will speak to us at another level. As we go up, that study will speak to us at another level where we are right now and help us take that next step so that we always are saying, my faith is not in the provision. My faith is in the provider of it. Lord, help us be excellent stewards of it. Man, that is so, so good. I, I also just want to point out, I think it's, I have the utmost respect for you that you are promoting Dave Ramsey's product when you have a similar product that you could only be promoting that and you're still giving credit to what Dave Ramsey has done. That's incredible. He's done incredible work. I would also point out Crown Study and Saddleback Study. I, I'm telling you, uh, you know, different strokes for different folks. Yeah. One person's voice will speak to one group of people. Don't get stuck in a channel. Mm. Move around. You know, that's that's something that's very important for people uh, to understand. Man, that's so good. Uh, I, I love that. And I, I think I think that is crucial is to offer something like this. And you mentioned you say one of them was cr the crown study and then Saddleback also has a, a small group study on finances. Yep, they sure do. That's uh, written by Rick Warren. Oh, wow. Uh, it, it's so important to do this because I love, again, I'm going back to what you said earlier is that we've, we can't just spend time talking about the 10%, the tithe. We've got to talk about the other 90% and helping them to manage their money. And I mean, I know it like in Dave Ramsey's baby steps, one of the steps is to give like never before. Um, and that, that, that's a part of your process as well is that to free yourself up, to be able to, like you said, chase your dreams, but also to be able to give. And I, I saw, like, we talked earlier that you have this hunting land, but that's not just for you. I saw you post on social media the other day. Uh, it looked like you had a buddy or something, and he brought his son over, and he was able to shoot his first deer on your land. And that was an opportunity yeah. for you to give to somebody else. And I'm sure for you, that was an incredibly rewarding, at least enough that you posted a picture on social media of it. That It's awesome. Like, I think that's so awesome. It's a way you can give back through because of the That's financial right. journey you went on, which I think we talked about this in the last episode, would this have ever happened had you not gone on this financial journey? None of this would have ever happened. I would have still been broke today. I would be just say, saying, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. And I'm confident that if the Lord had not gotten a hold of my, my finances, uh, I would be not generous. I would not be a consistent giver. but Praise be to God, uh, he got a hold of me and compelled me to read his word and then gave me that, that ability, uh, that I guess it's the fruit of the Spirit, self-control, mm. that self-discipline, to actually follow through with it. And as a result, we've had to say no to some things that we wanted right now, but it, what we realized is it wasn't no forever, it was just no for now. And as a result, later, we've been able to say yes to a lot more important things. And I want that for everybody. And I know that pastors want their people to live in freedom. It says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But when I walk into churches, I see that there's not much difference 
that about 70% of the people in our churches are living the lie that more stuff will get them happiness and mm-hmm. they're broke as a joke. And let me tell you, broke people can't give very much. They're not living free lives and I want them liberated in every area of their life. Money is one of them. Absolutely. So uh, not only do we need to check out Fully Funded, but also check out the I Was Broke, Now I'm Not course. Uh, like you said, you can check out uh, the Financial Peace University, the Crown course and Saddleback's course and helping people understand their money, helping them become debt-free. Folks, I'm a product of this. I didn't go through the course, but I did go through Joe's book, I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. I've also been through Dave Ramsey's book, Total Money Makeover. You need to get a hold of these these resources for your people so that they can begin to live in that freedom, that liberty that Joe is talking about, so that they can become the givers that God has called them to be, not just for your church, but for the people in your community. This is huge, people. I hope you're listening right now. And Joe, let's let's keep moving here. We've got just a few minutes left. Um, one of the things you talked about just a minute ago, and I love this, you talked about the ladder and taking people in steps. I love this so much, which it's scriptural. The Bible talks about our steps being ordered of the Lord. And so I love this principle of not trying to take someone from zero to the fully committed, very generous giver. I love that you guys have broken this down into steps. And so I want to jump back real quick that you talked about when in getting someone new to give. I want to, I want to tackle this, this topic here for just a moment. Um, you, you talked, you touched on briefly a 90-day giving challenge. What does that look like? And then maybe any other tips that you would throw out there for getting someone who's not currently giving in your church to give? Yeah, so a 90-day giving challenge is where you challenge people to test God. Uh, as it says in Malachi 3, where it says, Will a man rob God, yet you rob me? How do we rob you in tithes and offerings? It says, Bring the whole tithe in the storehouse. There's maybe food in my house. It says, Lord, I might test me in this. See if I not throw open the floodgates, pour out so much blessing. We all know this passage of scripture. And so it's a challenge for people to test him. And what I found is that people uh, will absolutely do what you challenge them to do as a leader. As you've built trust, they will will test. And they're not testing you. They're testing God. Mm. And you challenge to do it for 90 days. So you give them a bite-sized element of time. And they'll say, okay, I'll try it for three months. And so what I challenge leaders to do is to formalize it. Have people on a card say, I am already putting God first in my finances. Or number two, um, I will test God for the next 90 days through giving. And then what we, we say is to have people turn in that card with their email address and with their address. Uh, and then send them a helpful resource that immediately, within two or three days, send them a book that encourages them in, in their giving, encourages them in their financial journey. So they could send to every one of those people a copy of I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. Another great book is Robert Morris's The Blessed Life mm, or Andy yes. Stanley's Fields of Gold or Randy Alcorn's you know, The Treasure Principle. But send them that book. And I know that's costly. I know some leaders are saying that's very costly. But I will tell you this, leader. Listen. I'm telling you, I've seen it proven over and over again that God honors movement. And it may cost you money, but Proverbs 4-7 is absolute truth. It says that the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Though it costs everything you have, get understanding. In other words, you are putting understanding in people's hands. And Solomon knew that if you got understanding, then all of the money, all of the people resources would flow to it. This is an investment in your people. It is not a cost. And I've, I've done this at our church. We've seen it done literally at hundreds of other churches that when you invest in people with this knowledge, you send them that resource. And then you have that email address. We encourage you to send 13 discipleship emails once a week for the next 13 weeks. That is 91 days. That is the breadth of the 90-day challenge. And what you do in those emails is you're teaching God's word. So it's discipleship. It's 21st century discipleship. And you're also encouraging them and you're providing them hope. And about every fourth or fifth one, you should solicit a a success story so that people can share what God's doing in their life as a result of taking this challenge. If you do that, leader, you're going to see your giving go up. You're going to see lives uh, just increase 
to where they get this joy of giving introduced into their life. And uh, that 90-day challenge, we actually have those 13 emails pre-written and the cards pre-done. We even have the message that the pastor can read word for word if they wanted to (laughs) as part of Fully Funded, because we know this is so important that people want to be told what to do from people that they trust. And, you know, they may not have time to read everything that God's Word says about this area of giving, but you as the leader of the church can invest them 13 bite-sized pieces over that 90-day period. And let me tell you, at the end of that, you're going to be celebrating what God has done in the hearts and lives of your people. It's going to be amazing. Joe, there's seriously, there's so much value in in what you've been talking about here at FullyFunded.cc, folks. I hope you go check this out. Um, and we're even we're going to post in the show notes. There's some free resources that Joe and his team have put together to give away. We'll have those linked over in the show notes. Um, you, you can go check those out over at CreativeSheep.org. Um, Joe, if folks want to get in touch with you, if they want to have you come speak at their church, uh, we, we've already told them how to get to Fully Funded. Uh, but if they want to get in touch with you, with Enjoy Stewardship, um, any of this, what's the best way to go about that? The best way to go about it is to go to IWasBrokeNowImNot.com and click Contact and fill out a speaking request form. Uh, we would be honored to serve them. Uh, it would be incredible. We're flying to Anchorage, Alaska today Hello. to go help them uh, win with some money. And we, we travel all over the world helping people in this area we'd be honored to serve their church as well. It'd be incredible. Uh, are you going to get to do any fishing or anything like that with wildlife while you're up there? No fishing. Oh. It's kind of frozen, but we're <laughs> going to do some some Kodiak adventures or something. I'm not sure exactly what's up, but I'm sure it's going to involve salmon <laughs> and it's going to involve bear and moose and the great outdoors. <laughs> and I love it. That's awesome. Man, Joe, always, always love having you on the show. Uh, can't thank you enough for taking time. Uh, folks, if you didn't know, Joe, I think, is driving in his car right now because he's in between appointments. He, The guy is just a beast. Joe, thanks for coming on today. It's a pleasure. And to everybody, get fired up. Thanks so much for listening to the Leadership Podcast today. Hey, quick reminder, once again, head over to creativesheep.org. Click on the podcast button and it'll take you right to our show notes where you can check out all the links that were mentioned in today's episode. Also, if you want to connect with us online uh, in other ways on maybe social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, creative is at creative underscore sheep. You can find us there. Ask us a question. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely, folks. And remember, we are every week now. So hit that subscribe button. Go ahead and share it on social media if you don't mind. Uh, And uh, until next week, this has been Jared Hogue and Roma Johnson signing off. See you later.